Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we are discussing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6. Most of it. We're pretty behind. Yeah, that's true. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. What's up, Jeff? How you doing, buddy? I'm still sick, sir. From the sound of it, I'm sure you can tell. Well, I was very sad you couldn't be with us last week. Uh, especially yeah, with all the Phase 4, four announcements, announced. which God. we will have a Phase 4 episode, uh, or episode where we discuss Phase 4 immediately following this one, so uh, we'll be right with you guys on that. But let's talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., do a little catch-up cast, because with all the things swirling around, we have not caught up in a while. Uh, what episode is this? Episode 10? Is that correct? This is episode 11 that we oh, okay. just recently watched. There are two more in the season. Wow, we're almost done. I'm glad we're finally catching up at least. Um, <laughs> the, the, with all the, the, the so many movies and everything, when you being sick, we just haven't been able to catch up. So, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6, Episode 11. Uh, what do you think of the show right now? Where, what do you think of where we are? I I like what they've done with Clark Gregg, just like as an actor. He's He's getting to play a different role. And like we thought... Like they subverted our expectations from what we thought at the beginning, where it was like, "Oh yeah, he's just this asshole guy who's gonna tear everything up," and then, like, kind of leads you to think that he's gonna be in charge, and then it leads you to think this thing and that thing, and then, and then it's something completely different. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like I like that we get to a place where, especially in this episode, where we really kind of do have Coulson. There's a hope for having Coulson actually back, yeah, in some form, and and probably in a more interesting form, and all the while giving Clark Gregg the chance to just play against type, to play something totally different, and make us sort of fear him in a different way. It was really fun. Yep, yep, and you know, honestly, it kind of almost feels like uh, like what we had with Fitz last season, where he was kind of battling having. The, you know, the doctor coming out of him. Yeah, that's true. And he's like, now Coulson is battling having, or not Coulson, but now Sarge is battling having Coulson memories come up. And oh my God, when he called Daisy Sky. Yeah, it was really impactful. Oh man, like I, I didn't even have to like pour through my memory and be like, oh yeah, that was her name. It was just like, oh, he remembers her from years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it, it meant so much to her in that moment to have her father figure call her what he knew her as in the beginning, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was it was really sweet. I, I didn't expect that. I, I don't know why. I didn't expect the emotional turn it took. This show's been very uh, interesting and fun and sci-fi battles and, like, they're kind of m- making big swings with the kind of story they're telling. It's really cool adventure story, but that was really emotional, Um in a way that I wasn't expecting this particular story to be. Yeah. And you know, something that I've, that I've noticed uh, this season, like if I didn't know any better, if I didn't know that season seven was like just finished filming, I would think that season six is the end of all things because they've made so many references to all of their past seasons. Like in episode three of this season, they talked about, uh, Daisy in her van back in like episode one. Yeah. And how it smelled really, really bad. And now he's calling her Sky. And like that hasn't happened since season two. 
Yeah, they're tying it together in interesting ways. I mean, but if you think about it, I, th- I think it's partially a result of them not knowing at this point when the show was going to end. I'm not sure they knew they were getting a seven when this episode was written, or maybe this season. But if you think about it, episode, season five, they did all the stuff with the terrors, um, which they're now tying into this season, which uh, let's talk about that last shot of this episode uh, where uh, the boy from the future shows up. Oh, man, I don't even know how to process that. <laughs> I was really excited because I like his character so much. I like the actor, I like the character, and now he's from an alternate future that doesn't exist, and there's no way to get him again. I, I, you know, when, when they left him putting the world back together, I was like, oh, man, I could totally see like a spinoff series where they're like rebuilding this world. Like, I really like his character. I liked the character he was playing against, you know, um, yep. and I, yeah, I loved him showing up. And it, it, it was both fearful and exciting. Well, I'm not sure that it, it's even him, really, because, you know, the, it's no longer that the monoliths are there, or the obelisks, or whatever they're calling them. It's no longer that the stones are there to, to like, port people through space or no, time. No, 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 no. I think it's, it's fear. It's creation. Yeah, it's the it's creation, creation monolith. They, so his fear manifested, but they, they, they were very clear with the other season in season five that the things that were being created were real. Yeah. And it's interesting because the other things that they were being creative were sort of like these manifest fears that were just kind of classic horror tropes to some degree and very personal to them, like sort of horror. But this, this fear was related to this boy's ability. And like yeah. suddenly either Mac or Yo-Yo was fearing him being there because he's the one person they know from all their travels that could actually solve the problem. So they manifested him using their fears. But the, as far as we understand it, the creation model, I mean, he's as real as this new Sarge is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you, if you watched, uh, if you remember, like whenever they killed whatever was created last season, it turned to dust. And then right. when, um, the doctor, oh God, what was his name? The, the doctor Benson. that you think is so wooden. Benson, yes. When his, uh, when his ex-husband came back, or was, not came back, but was created just to tell him that he was uh, alive and heard all of the, all of the things that he did, like, rip my heart out, by the way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. When, uh, when he was killed, like, there was blood on the knife that she used, but he still turned to dust. And, Sarge Coulson, like everything that he's been doing has been turning him to dust a little bit at a time. It's like, it's like he's being held together forcibly. Yeah. I mean, but he has been held together and survived for apparently a hundred years fighting against, uh, oh gosh, what's her name? Izel. Izel, thank you. Fighting against Izel. So he, he's been at this for a while and, I don't know. As as real as Sarge is, as real of a character as we've seen, this new character has the possibility of being. Yep, yep. And I just I worry that you know, with the creation of Flint and him being so real there, you know, the the Mac and Yo-Yo are going to want to not harm him. Like even though you know, they need to do away with this with this being that could bring all of these stones uh, or, you know, recreate all these these obelisks from the the temple around them. Like they need to do away with him, but yeah. they're not going to want to because it's like killing a friend. Yeah, well, and I 
I can see where that is one solution. Hopefully they'll find another one. Um, I think this is a way of bringing Flint in because I think he was a crowd favorite. I think this is a fun way of like bringing Flint back. Uh, yeah. But I, what I, what I think is interesting is you're, they're playing with these ideas of, uh, sort of letting your emotions get in the way of the mission. Because Sarge is also a dangerous character. Like the, he has a lot of danger within him. The being that is living within him is is very dangerous to them. He could yep. be another Izel, and you know, they're both May and Qu- uh, Quake are allowed. She has so many names. I like. I didn't pause because I didn't remember her name. I paused because I couldn't decide which name to use. Um, <laughs> Daisy, Daisy Quake Sky, Sky. Quake Breaker uh, of Worlds. <laughs> so. I just think it's interesting that they're lining up this sort of thing with Quake and May having not being able to kill this Coulson lookalike who they maybe should have. I'm hoping, obviously, we all hope that, you know, Coulson is brought out of this being and he becomes the Coulson we love, but like, he's not that Coulson yet. And yeah. I, I'm interested to see what they do. With that sort of theme of them, is it going to be a mistake or does it, is their, their empathy and hope for Coulson to return going to be the thing that saves them or is it going to be a mistake they have to overcome? You know what I mean? Like, is it going to cause more damage than it, um, fixes or whatever? Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. Um, what I, what I'm expecting to see though is Izel to take over the body of Flint in in a way very much similar to the way that Sarge is being held together, mm. and make him make Flint effectively undying the way that Sarge is undying. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Uh, we, yeah, we don't know if why Sarge is undying though, but yeah, it could be that he's he's being manifested with with this other being inside of him. I mean, yeah, it's it's. The, he's got the same kind of body that all of the other things that have been manifested have. And he should have turned to dust any of the times that he's died. But he's not doing that. He's being brought back together. He's being regenerated. And we've seen his his skin, like on his hands especially, starting to flake out and almost look like they're turning to dust. In much the same way that all of the things that have that have been killed do. So, I don't know. I don't know what... God. It's so... <laughs> I'm all over the place. Like, I don't know where they're going with it. Like, usually I would have some kind of theory at this point, but I don't have any theories other than, like, she's going to take over Flint, and it's going to be the worst thing ever because she's going to have, like, two Inhumans there, like, right next to each other that she can swap between and have, like, the Flint power and the Speed uh, power. Speedster yo-yo power, and it's just going to be terrifying. Yeah. Definitely could be. I think it's interesting that we've gotten this really cool season of the show where the story that they're a part of, and I guess this has happened a lot on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it it seems different this season. The story that we're telling is not a story that was originated with the agents, you know? Uh, A lot of times it's like, a problem arises, they go fix it, or they're dealing with a problem from the past that their other actions may have created or whatever. Uh, but this season, it feels like they're getting in the middle of a war between these two beings that's been raging for hundreds of years, and I just thought that was really fun. Yeah, it's it's a different uh, different way to go about it. It kind of feels like it, it's similar to like Kree Scroll War. 
Sure. When the humans got involved and they're like, oh, wow, this is a thing. Yeah, we didn't know that this was this big. Please stay away from here. (laughs) Like, keep this away from here. Yeah. At least in the comics, you know. Yeah, for sure. How it ended up in the movies. Oh, man. I'm... They keep... Do you think that Ghost Rider is going to show up? Hmm. They have mentioned him like four times now. That's an interesting question. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, man, him showing up and like burning out Izel would be amazing. It would be amazing, but it, it would seem too easy almost. Yeah, like the big, <laughs> the big strong good guy shows up just to just to defeat the big bad evil guy. Yeah. Now, uh, they do have a show. He is, has a show coming soon, so, uh, you know, very possibly. Uh, the, it's very possible that he'll show up to sort of spin himself off onto that other show. Uh, it was announced today, by the way, which we could talk, probably talk about this in the next episode, but uh, that uh, Cloak and Dagger and Runaways are going to have a crossover. Yep. That's pretty cool. It's neat. It's uh, It further drives apart the... Uh, Movie and TV universes, though. Yeah, Cloak and Dagger and Runaways. I don't know. I don't know how Cloak and Dagger is going to handle the the blip if it happens, and Runaways almost cannot handle the blip. Like, there's, I, I can't <laughs> think of a way that Runaways could do it. And Runaways has already set itself apart from the movies in a pretty serious way. Uh, yeah. So I just feel kind of like we're getting the CWification of our of our TV universe, where the TV universe is totally separate from the. Uh, you know, movies, Which but is really sad. It is really sad, but we're also getting a whole new set of TV shows. So, oh my god, it does make me it, it does make me very mad uh, because we've been covering this stuff for years and paying a lot of attention to this, and now Marvel is going to just say like, and they've been doing it for a while, slowly peeling off the connectivity, and now it just seems like they're just going to ignore it. It'd be one thing if they made a statement like, hey, this is what happened. Our, be, because of the time travel and endgame, this show is now in this offshoot universe. Like, I'd like at least that much explanation. Somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere give me that, and I'll be fine. Man, I don't know, actually. I, I rewatched Endgame, because it, it dropped on digital uh, this past week, and I was paying a lot of attention to the branching timelines theory, like the, the divergent universe theory. Yeah. And the ancient one specifically said that it was the time stones, or not the time stones, the, 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 the infinity, infinity stones. Oh, I know she did. I just don't agree with her. <laughs> <laughs> well, what she specifically says is removing the stones would create a dark timeline. Yeah. Um, but that's that's to say any change should create a timeline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, she's just talking about dark timelines that they have. They need to. They need to stop and close off. I, I, I just that's that's my own time travel theories that I, I just don't buy that you can have changes that don't affect the overall world. But w- let's get back to Agents of Shield and let's run down some of this feedback we have. We have a few pages of feedback that people sent in, so let's uh, run down that real quick, and then we will get to our next episode where we're going to talk a lot more about Endgame. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Christian Fuentes and, uh, said to us, I've finally started watching season six of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It looks like we can stop pretending the show fits to the MCU. Uh, Whedon considers it pre-snap, which doesn't make sense. And the premiere said it takes place one year after the last season, with no mention of anyone disappearing. 
Yes. So yeah. the next piece of feedback also relates to this. Um, it does seem like it doesn't relate if it's, it's, it's the only, I, I have one thing that could hold out and it's, it, it's this, uh, what, what our next piece of feedback is coming from, uh, Catherine here. Do you want to read that one? Yeah, Catherine said, you mentioned in another episode how you hoped at the end of this season the snapture would happen, but I remembered season five mentioning Infinity War more than just, I'm sorry, more than just that New York reference, so I rewatched it and I found this dialogue. Uh, she, she, first piece of dialogue is just that the stuff about New York, which we've talked about many times, could be anything happening in New York. They don't actually say. Yeah. But then this next one, this crazy stuff. This yeah. next one is the one that it is a little more damning. But I, I have my head cannon that I'm holding on to, but it's very, it's very, it's very loose at this point. You want to, you want right. to read this like a, uh, I'll, I'll play the two, uh, thing and you play Talbot. Okay. Terran, Master of House and, uh, Kovas, or who I'm playing, and you're playing Talbot. You ready? Okay. Uh, Taryn, I begin as Taryon, or Taryon, Taryon, I don't know. I have to give him two different voices. Here I go. <clears throat> Though I fear your Earth faces a far more pressing threat than anything posed by our Confederacy. Is this the attack Kovas warned might be coming? It shall be the end of your planet. That's why Hale had to deal with the Confederacy to fight beside us. The Confederacy never intended to honor this agreement, nor could it even if it desired. It is merely a deception to extort resources from your planet before the time ran out. What are you saying? Thanos and his forces have begun an assault on your world, even as we speak. Well, then I have, I've got to get down there and fight with the Avengers to take on this Thanos. Thanos' strength is unrivaled. You will lose, even with your powerful friends fighting alongside you. Though perhaps there might still be a way. Hmm. They said the name, and they mentioned a timeline. Yep. Well, here's the thing. Specifically. They say the name, and they say he's there fighting... The Avengers in that moment, like that. Well, they never say that the Avengers are fighting him. They just say Thanos and his forces have begun an assault on your world. Yes. So we're so we're, we're led to believe that this that this is happening at the same time as Infinity War, the, the Wakanda incident, or at least the New York incident, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but my only piece of headcanon that can possibly get around this is that. Tarion is lying, which we know for a fact he is lying about other things, and he's trying to convince Talbot to like give his powers over. I don't even rem- to be honest, I don't remember what he's trying to convince Talbot to do. <laughs> um, but he's trying to con- he's trying to defeat Talbot through treachery. So it is not uh, it's not impossible that he's lying. He's just lying. Like maybe this is two years before the events of Infinity War, and this is just like he's just using a, a threat that actually exists to try to convince. Similar to like the Mandarin, you know, like they they used the Mandarin to uh, convince the world that the you know the Mandarin was coming and was going to destroy da 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 Ten Rings blah blah blah, and actually. Uh, there was a Mandarin out there coming, but he's he's just now about to arrive. You know what I mean? 
No, Matt. No, there's too much work. There's there's too much work involved with that headcanon. They just, they did bad. They tried to make it look like... Because the writers didn't know what was going to happen in Infinity War. They didn't know what the timeline was going to be for right. it. They, they were just like, let's just kind of throw some lines out and hope. Right. I know. I, I, I real- now they're trying to backpedal. I fully realize that that's not what they intended when it happened. I'm just saying they have that slight caveat. And it's not that much uh, headcanon. It's just one guy said a thing that wasn't true. You know what I mean? It's not that much headcanon. Yeah, but then there's a real person that said a thing that wasn't true or that can't be true. What do you mean? It's Jeff Loeb has said that all of this happens pre-snap. And like, right. Okay, but all of the dialogue that you've given and all of the timeline and all of the things that you've had, like, leading up into other things, none of it makes any sense with that. Well, the only thing, again, the only thing that doesn't make sense is what Tarion says, or Tarion, or whatever, however you say his name, uh, or my name. Um, <laughs> you're, using, you're using what should have been the Kovas voice. I don't remember for, their voices. I was just, I just went with one low and one high, so I'd remember <laughs> Kovas was the uh, was the the guy who oh god what was he in he was in uh, Spartacus Blood and Sand I think nah, I don't know it but okay so Catherine goes on to say more about this she says there are still two episodes after this conversation in season five this combined with that one year time jump at the beginning of this season makes me believe Shield has to be in a different reality now thoughts uh that is a fair fair uh, assessment. It is also possible that Tarion was lying, but I think, I think that it's just, we're going to have to believe that, uh, something happened. I just wish they would address it. it. Like, I'm fine with them saying the universe is split or that shield happens in the universe where, uh, you know, where Thanos disappeared from. No, that doesn't make sense either. Anyway, it's somehow Thanos has been defeated in this world in a way that didn't cause the blip. I'm fine with that. Uh, they could easily say that it's one of the other timelines that was created, but I just wish they'd say that. That's yeah, my stance. Yeah. Uh, Catherine says, on the last podcast about episode four, you mentioned how Max says it wasn't his call about letting Deke go so far with uh, with his tech company. Maybe Daisy asked Mac to leave Deke alone or let him be after or let him be after everything he had been through. Yeah, uh, it's possible, but he's the director. Still his call. Like, it's very much his call. Yeah, totally his call. <laughs> Let's see. Next I have a maybe out there Coulson slash Sarge theory. Sarge says something very similar about Deke as what the hunter tracking fits in the space storyline says. Could Sarge be the same sort of Chronicom slash hunter, but maybe a rogue type or something? Mm. Uh, that was a good theory. Uh, I'm sorry we didn't get to it before now. Because <laughs> now we know that he yep. is something else entirely. It it is interesting that uh, that you know Sarge and that hunter were basically saying the same thing like you don't belong here like you're out of time. Yeah. Well, I think it's just they both can they both had the that information or whatever. Uh, they both have oh, the ability man. to read someone's like whatever uh, time space whatever signature. <laughs> Your timestamp is all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I wonder if Sarge would be enamored with uh, Captain America. Uh, <laughs> that would be interesting. Be interesting to see, like, if he if he had like a weird affection for 
the, the, the that time period and stuff, just like Colson. Like if that transferred, that'd be really funny. Anyway, so uh, next up we have 084. Hit us on Twitter. Said Adam, you cast the faster Yo-Yo's heart beats, the shorter the distance she can travel before snapping back. So if she's in a panic, there's a chance that using her powers wouldn't actually help. Not the cleanest way to smooth the plot issues over, but I'm holding on to it. I re- I respect that 084, but it just wasn't. She didn't need that long. She's so fast. She's so <laughs> fast. And she was right there. But I respect the. Uh, I respect the headcanon. Well, it's not even headcanon. That's just true. She does get faster with, uh, or, or she can. She has less time between heartbeats. But I don't know. It was just. She, it, it was right there in the room with her. She didn't need to run far. And we've seen her run like in the first season. I think it was the season that she's in uh, when Ghost Rider's there. There's like a explosion in that building, and she has to run in and do some stuff and run out of the building. And she does all of that. Like <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. Could have caught yep. that. Could have caught that was, crazy uh, alien bass. Season four. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, we got Danny Phantom sending us email. Hey guys, don't know if you heard, but Victoria Alonso did an AMA on Reddit today. Uh, someone asked her if Marcus Daniels, aka Blackout from Agents of Shield, was the bartender in Captain Marvel because they are both played by the same actor, Patrick Brennan. She seems to have confirmed that. So maybe Endgame wasn't the first movie to have an original TV character show up in the movies. Yeah. This was really cool news. I loved this, that we got a little connection. It may not have been the first one, but it is definitely not the one I care as much about. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, it may have been the first one, but it's not the one I care as much about. Because James Darcy coming in as Edwin Jarvis is the better and best. It's the best. It confirmed everything. It's all canon. Agent Carter is part of it. <laughs> yeah. It was really neat. I loved it. But this Still. was a really cool one, too. And it's such a small one as well. Like, Yeah, it's so inconsequential. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Joe Wilson sent us a tweet, Adam's cast. I have to say that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did a great job with the hype going into the season, as well as the first four episodes of hiding that the new Phil Coulson was actually a good guy, and not a bad guy in Phil's body. Yeah, I thought they did a really good job this season of hyping it. I I mean, Coulson's back, and we all thought he was gone for good, so it's an exciting thing, I think. We we had a lot of... Um a lot of a lot of speculation going like how are they gonna deal with Colson being not there? Like how is anything going to be okay? Yeah. And turns out that he is there. Yeah, <laughs> but it also it's neat because it gives the other characters a chance at sort of leadership without the shadow yeah. of Colson while still dealing with the character of Colson. I thought that was a it's a neat way to handle it. Uh because I like that Daisy and Mac are in spots of leadership. And I liked it because it, it seemed like Coulson always made the calls. You know what I mean? And now yep. these people are having to make calls and it's their job to make the calls. No matter how much uh, <laughs> Mac wants to abdicate his responsibility and like Deke run all over the place. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I got a little carried away. <laughs> All right. This last one is from um, the Andy Joe show. He sent in, I think, a response to every episode. And for time and brevity's sake, I cut him down to one big, long 
group of messages here just so we can tackle each of these things. And I, I honestly, a lot of the things today, I should have mentioned this at the top. I had to cut a lot of things to make it through this today. So, uh, but, but the Andy Joe show had a lot to say and I'm super thankful, but I feel bad that we're just not getting to it. But, uh, I cut it into one big super cut of his things that we, I thought we should talk about. So let's do it. All right. Andy Joe show says, <clears throat> Seeing Fitz find out that he was dead was so sad. It was really interesting seeing their worst fears trying to kill them, with Gemma being a mad scientist and Fitz being the doctor from the framework. My favorite part was when the evil Fitzsimmons were kissing. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that shows that even the worst parts of them are meant to be together. Yeah, I loved the the two of them kissing. That episode was amazing, and I'm really sad we didn't get to talk about it in depth when it happened. Um Likewise. It was Likewise. one of the best episodes of the season. It just such a cool character exploration. But yeah, that he's right. That's definitely the funniest moment of the episode for sure. Yep. yep. I think that we could be looking at something where there are two villains this season, both Sarge and Izel, and then the team has to stop a war. Then they do, and then half the team turns to dust. I think that when Cassius was talking about, or was it Cassius? Anyway, Cassius, when he was talking sorry. about when he's talking about Thanos last season, he was talking about like in a year, and the stuff in New York was actually Spider-Man: Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I that that is all possible. Uh, I dig, I dig that it's still possible. I just don't know what they're gonna, if they're going to do anything to explain why we're not getting that connection, and if they do dust. I don't know if they'll explain it. They'll just be like, hey, figure it out. <laughs> and we yeah, will. Good we'll, luck. <laughs> we'll headcanon the shit out of it. Yep, yep. <clears throat> uh, he says in a new one, uh, or in a different one, Hi guys, this was a great episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I really think that Izel is hinting at Sarge being a consciousness that just inhabited Coulson's body. When Piper was talking to Davis and he lies down, I actually thought that the camera was going to pan back towards him and he would be dust. That would have been amazing. I can't believe that May killed Sarge. Maybe she was infected by a Shrike. I can't wait for Friday and the next episode. Keep up the great work. Yeah, that was an insane cliffhanger. It really was. The best of the season, probably. Uh, I loved that. I loved it. May killing Sarge. I was so sad when... In that episode, when Davis came back and uh, and was like all weird, and then he sat down on the couch and then just passed out basically and he just sat there i was like oh no something bad is happening oh to yeah him. i could tell it's he was Azel. i thought he had one of those bats in him oh god that was, that's ugh. what i thought was about to happen i thought we were about to have to deal with like a whole few episodes of like those bats infesting the base or something um but it was worse and he died man his death was tragic it really tragic really was AF. i loved davis so much yeah, actually, we got uh, it, it, the last the last paragraph here. Uh, Izel making Davis jump down the stairs reminded me a lot of Kilgrave and Jessica oh. Jones. With him making Reuben stab himself to death. Oh gosh! Uh, all the stuff with Sarge makes no sense. <laughs> Sorry, all the stuff with Sarge made no sense. We only have three more episodes of Marvel stuff until December. If there's another season of Runaways, or until May first with Black Widow. Thanks for the great show, and keep up the great work. I don't know what he means by the Sarge stuff not making sense, but I guess it makes sense now. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that was before before we knew what we know. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's cool. I, I, like, I like where the Sarge stuff has landed. 
Um, and I do think we have Runaways coming and Cloak and Dagger coming before December. Maybe not Cloak and Dagger. That was that was real recent. But I do think we have um, another another Runaways season. Hey, I, I bet we'll actually get to cover this Runaways season because there won't be fourteen other things happening. Uh, no, there's going to be fourteen other things happening. Oh, really? When is Runaways happening? I don't know. I just I know that it's going to be that way. Well, we don't have any of the. I think the next Marvel thing that we know the date of is December, uh, but I think that there might be some. They might have a runaway season this fall, if I had to guess. Hulu said that Runaways will return with its ten episode third season on December thirteenth. Oh, okay, December on that one too. So yeah, lots of things will be happening. <laughs> I yeah. think isn't December maybe when uh, is that? November is when uh, Disney Plus happens. Yeah, and shortly after, I think they go with their first Marvel show. So, yeah, never mind. Lots of things will be happening. But we'll still, <laughs> we'll still try to cover it, even though, <laughs> as of now, it's not in the universe as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But it's a good That's show. I enjoy it. I enjoy talking about it. But I'm annoyed that they're tearing down our universe. It's, it's, uh, it's upsetting. It used to be so nice and neat. Used to be so nice and neat. Runaways was really one of the first things that I was like, "Oh, this just can't fit." Like, there's no way you can have a bunch of scientists sitting around talking about how aliens. This is changing the world. Aliens exist, and you're like, "What about 2012, bitches? Come on!" <laughs> All right. All right. Yep. Last thing uh, Andy Joe had to say. Uh, this is during Hive's story at the beginning of season three, episode nineteen. He says that the Kree put their blood in him. So does that mean that Carol Danvers is an inhuman that went through Terragenesis? Let me know what you think. I love the podcast. Keep up the great work. I love you guys 3000. Uh, thanks, Andy Joe. Show. Uh, <sighs> I can't don't, say that, man. <laughs> I don't think she's a inhuman. I do think no. it had something to do with Cree blood or Cree DNA, but we've seen that gives people powers in various ways. I, I think that most of her power is actually... Uh, from the the stone more than it's from the Kree. Yeah, it's it's from the Tesseract. She got infused with all of the energy from the Tesseract. Yeah. Or maybe not all of it, just a lot of it. Yeah. But still. But still. Yeah, totally. Okay, well, that is our talk on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week. We'll get back next week and we'll be able to get a little more in the weeds because we'll have one episode to talk about instead of seven. Um, so thanks for hanging out with us guys. We'll be back real soon. Actually probably drop almost the same time with the next episode, which will be another feedback episode and it will cover all this uh, more general stuff, all the news and the stuff. And we'll finally hear what Jeff has to say about all this phase four announcement. Um, so we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com at mcucast on all of the social medias. If you'd like to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash mcucast. Uh, if you'd like to hear more from me, I have two other podcasts, the Star Trek Universe podcast and the Orville Universe podcast. And, uh, you can find my music anywhere you get music. Just search for Matthew Carroll. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Mm-hmm.